friends, welcome back to another episode of the Trauma to Triumph podcast. I'm your host, Annabelle Ingleton. I'm a trauma-informed coach. I help people heal their brain and body from the effects of trauma so they can create anything they want. Uh, This week is going to be a good one. Uh, Let's see, we're naming the episode. And why do I say we? As if there's like a ton of people on my team. Who am I kidding? I'm the one that produces the show. I record the show. I edit the show. I do it all. It is just me. I always laugh when I see people like who are clearly like self-employed and they refer to their business and and they say we a lot. And I think it's like a a bit of a defense mechanism. They don't want to admit that it's just I because then there's a lot of ownership there that has to be done, right? I own my shit. This is my show. (laughs) I do it proudly and I love that I do it all. It's taught me so much tech and so much good stuff. So, um, so, oh, sorry, my, my volume went down and I couldn't hear myself in my headphones. All right. So this week, the episode title, I think the working episode title is why we choose partners who make you suffer. Why do you choose partners who make you suffer? I recently did an episode on attachment styles and wow, you guys loved that episode. It got so many downloads, so many shares. Um, I think we always want to know why we do what we do. It's just this inherent desire in us, right, as, as humans to not only fix it, but to understand the why behind it. And I think learning your attachment style is so much that. Uh, There's four attachment styles, secure, avoidant, anxious, and disorganized. And I am trained in attachment theory um, by an amazing woman named Diane Poole-Heller. And I think this um, concept of attachment styles is so, so, so important when not only like when you're healing from trauma because one of the the traumatic events in a person's life or traumatic things that can happen is a disconnection of attachment a disconnection wound an attachment wound it's called so many things i you guys will hear me call things like a million different titles i call it an attachment wound and this is when your caregivers within the first couple years of life did not securely attach to you therefore you did not learn secure attachment and therefore in your adulthood and growing up in life your ability to relate and feel secure in relationships can be hindered depending on which attachment style you have based on the caregiving of your of your parents or caregivers right so after that episode I got many many uh, email and many many dms people wanting to understand okay this is my attachment style but why am I picking this type of person I'm disorganized why am I choosing avoidant I'm anxious why am I choosing avoidant I'm avoidant why do I choose anxious and so I even though you know you can learn your own um it's good to know why you're choosing what you're choosing and so I thought this episode was very very um it's a good follow-up And also, my younger sister sent me a link to this video that was so, so good. And she sent it to me this weekend. And listen, I'm very, very, very particular about who I watch, what books I read, what anybody that I follow. I am very protective around my environment. I'm protective about who I invest um, 
time with. I'm in, in like very particular about who I learn from. They have to be not necessarily like well-informed and just completely, you know, uh, these Harvard professors or anything like that. But I do, um, I'm very just selective about anyone new that I'm bringing into my life in terms of, of theories and knowledge and books and things like that. Um, who you, what you listen to and the books you read and the shows you watch are, if you think about it, like they could be very, um, not, I don't want to say hypnotizing. That's probably like a really big word to describe it because it's not probably not correct, but are what we listen to, what we see, who we're around, um, like it just informs who we are as people and if you're always getting certain messages from certain people you can adopt those as beliefs and then your beliefs are shaped and you can start being very different I'm very particular about the beliefs and things that I subject myself to because I've worked very hard to rewrite my beliefs with my healing um, with psyche sessions that I've done with visualization and manifest you know in all my journaling and just all the work all the hours and hours and hours of work that I've done on myself I don't want anybody fucking my shit up basically right so you guys it's so important watch your stuff protect your environment protect your relationships protect who you're listening to who you're watching question it don't just take it as fact yeah and even me like what I share with you guys like know that it is it's vetted it is based in fact it is studied I don't just like listen to a video and say oh yeah this is really cool like I, I believe this person no, no no there's so much intention behind my stuff so um my sister sent me a video by this guy um I think his name you know what I don't even know his name I feel so bad I'm gonna look it up and I will I will link it in the show notes because I do think it it's um it would be nice if you guys have the correct name and all that stuff but it was so good um, and the video, he, I think it was called like why you're going to marry the wrong person, something like that. I'm pretty sure that's what it was called. And it was just so good. And he's got a British accent. I thought he talks very, you know, dignified. I love a British accent and he speaks really fast and he was just so fun and he's very, very smart. And he talks about attachment theory and he breaks it down in a very unique way. And I was like, this is so good. Like it totally informs what I'm going to talk about on my podcast this week. So just perfect alignment. Um, so shout out to my sister for, for sending it to me. She listens to the show. So thanks, Kuka. So let's talk about why you are attracting a certain type of person and why you may be choosing partners that are making you suffer. All right. So when you think of your attachment style, if you are listening to this and you still don't know your attachment style, go back and listen to that episode. I think it was like two weeks ago that I shared that episode and it's very, very good if I do say so myself. And um, so that way you can listen to it and learn based on that information that I provide, you could pretty much figure out which, which um, attachment style you have. So go check that out. Listen to it. You're either secure disorganized avoidant or anxious okay so the biggest answer that I can give you as to why you're choosing partners who who are making you suffer and listen let's let's define suffering right pain is something that will happen um, we will have physical pain maybe emotional pain right that's unavoidable I mean it's just it's gonna happen suffering is kind of self 
provoked or self-inflicted. Suffering is something that I believe in my world that it's a pain that's happening, but you're choosing and allowing it to continue because you don't need to suffer. Suffering really, that saying is so true, suffering is optional. And it's typically something that you're choosing over and over. So if you're, why are you choosing partners that are making you feel pain over and over? And like, it's what's great about that title, I think, is we have to take responsibility for it because we're doing it to ourselves, right? So we're choosing these people. A lot of times it's unconscious, right? Or subconscious. It's happening at a subconscious level. We're choosing these partners subconsciously. And that's the main thing we're going to talk about here. But the real answer that I want to offer is because you're human and you're choosing these partners because you have a, a nervous system and a subconscious mind that is essentially, if you think about it, doing the picking for you. A lot of times when we choose partners, we choose them based on emotions and we choose them on intuition and we choose them a lot of times we like to say we think about it, but most of the time we're guided by our emotions. And believe it or not, our emotions can sometimes guide us to the wrong place or guide us to people that aren't necessarily going to make us feel that good. And bef- here's something that I think is is really, really interesting that um, when, when you think of your subconscious mind doing the choosing for you, um, it's... It's something that's going going on underneath the surface, right? Like undetected. Your subconscious mind is literally the like the program, the software program that's guiding the computer of and the computer is your brain, your body, right? And it is going based off data and experiences from your past. And that program is sometimes written on really shitty past experiences, right? Really uh, not so healthy experiences that we that we had in our past, and this can look like what things inform your subconscious mind, okay? And the partners that we pick as adults. I believe that it's our how we see relationships when we're younger. If we had um, caregivers or parents that were together, and we how we saw them be together in a relationship, right? How they loved each other, how they spoke to each other, how they treated each other if they were affectionate, if they were loving, if they were expressive, just every way. We are, if we had parents that were together or if, you know, if they had, we had step parents or just things like that, uncles and aunts that maybe we lived with them or grandparents and we saw them together as couples, especially the first seven years of, of your life, your little sponge, your little hypnotic state in theta waves walking around, everything that you saw before that is programming into your mind and you will essentially say, this is what love looks like. This is what a relationship looks like. So think about it. If, for example, my childhood, I saw my father who was an alcoholic only on the weekends, I would say, right? He would drink on the weekends for the most part during the week. He worked and he seemed pretty normal. Um, and he was pretty affectionate, kind, loving with us as kids. My mom probably too. But on the weekends, he would drink, get drunk, he'd get physically abusive. So what I saw as a child was a kind person that loved his wife but then he also beat her and it sent very contrasting messages to me as a child right so what I grew up believing is that you could be in a relationship and love someone but 
hate them at the same time, but also have a lot of fear for them and also hurt them at the same time. So I had really jacked up, confusing message sent to me. Hence why I grew up and during my 20s and 30s had a very disorganized attachment style, okay? And when you grow up with relationships being modeled as such, you can you can see how you're going to pick partners based on that information. Not only that, when you grow up and now you're having relationships and you're experiencing love or infidelity or um, betrayal or consistency, trust or you know deceit or physical abuse or affection or um, verbal emo- or emotional abuse, um, things like that, it shapes who you love, how you love, and the attachment style you have. So this is weighs very, very heavily on how you are as an adult with in, in romantic relationships. So when I say we choose partners that make us suffer because we're human, I'm relaying the whole gamut of childhood and past relationships experiences because they completely define and inform who and what type of person we choose in romantic relationships. So I hope that makes sense. And I genuinely believe that if you don't know yourself as a person, like independent of a relationship, you can't really in a healthy way or properly relate to another person. So if you're just blindly, you know, you experience life, no one really taught you about relationships, you've had a couple jacked up ones, someone cheated on you, they, there wasn't a lot of respect, um, and you don't know that there should be anything different, it's going to inform how you're choosing a partner, right? And it's really important when I say you before you know yourself, um, you can't properly, excuse me, love someone else. I say that to say, if you don't know what you've experienced in your childhood, if you don't know your attachment style, if you don't know, if you're not really like fully aware or mindful of like your past experiences and how they've shaped who you are, it's going to be really hard to know what kind of person you want to love, what kind of love you think you deserve, what kind of love you want to give to others or how even to love and give to others, right? So it helps so much to understand your past and the decisions you've made in order to fully love and give from an authentic place. The reason I believe this to be true is because our past experiences, aka our traumas, really, really have an effect on how we are in a relationship. It informs our attachment style. Um, I have a client who wasn't who had a pretty okay childhood like their parent her parents were fine you know wasn't pretty normal um and she thought she was pretty securely attached but then in her adult life was choosing really abusive and disrespectful um, men and men who were verbally abusive emotionally abusive betrayed her cheated on her um never physically abusive, but just just not respectful. And for some reason or another, she believed that it was okay to be with people like this. So it wasn't necessarily her attachment style when she was younger um, that informed her how she chose men. 
we've gotten th- through some stuff together like our discussions about her childhood later like her teenage years and we believe some things happened in her ch- in her teenage years that affected her self-esteem which then affected her ability or inability to choose healthy partners okay so until i believe until you know really what you've experienced i don't know how it's just not as, I think it's just not as effective. Like it's such a great tool to really know yourself so you can better pick someone. All right. So I, you know me, my answer to everything is heal your trauma, heal your trauma. I remember someone was asking me a question. Um, I forgot what it was. And I, I answered like, she's like, how do I fix this? And I was like, you heal your trauma. And then she asked me something else. It was just, which was so different, but it still literally came back to like, well, if you heal your trauma, then this won't happen. And then I was like, basically, my answer for everything is going to be heal your trauma. Um, what are we having to dinner for night tonight? <laughs> heal your trauma, and then I'll tell you. No, I'm just kidding. But it's a joke. But it really does help inform so much um, your of your decision making and better and healthy decision making as you're older. Okay, so we've essentially been taught I think by society families movies Instagram all the things that when we choose partners and we choose loved ones we choose romantic relationships we should follow our heart we should follow our emotions and I talked a little bit about this in the beginning but um, when we think about it if our the way we're choosing our partners now as adults is rooted so much in our attachment styles as children, right? We are basically told to pick partners, you know, that like make us happy. Yeah. And what ends up happening, I think, is we don't end up choosing partners based on who make us happy. We end up choosing partners based on what makes us feel safe. And remember, our nervous system, I'm going to give you a quick polyvagal theory lesson real quick. Our, our nervous system is always scanning for safety and threat, safety and threat. Its job is to keep us alive and to keep us safe, right? And if our nervous system is always looking for safe, safety, that's kind of, that's basically what we're, what we're looking for in partners. We want, that's basically what is guiding us, what our emotions are guiding us when we're choosing partners. So if you think about it, if your nervous system is doing the picking, if your nervous system is sending you the emotions of like, ooh, this person feels good. And what you saw growing up wasn't necessarily quote unquote good, but what your what your nervous system thinks is safe and feels good isn't, again, again guys, isn't based on has a good job, handsome, nice body, you know, tall, short, big, you know, big full head of hair, or you guys thought I was going to say something else, didn't you? <laughs> I was not. I was going to say big hair, but I was like, that doesn't sound right. Um, or um, nice smile or really kind, things like that. No, your nervous system just knows safe, safe person, threatening person. And I know you guys have probably met someone before and you said, Ugh, they just like did not rub me the right, right way. Like their vibe was just off. Like it just felt so weird. That's your nervous system having some type of neuroception of threat around a person. Now there's also people that you meet that you're like, oh my gosh, it was like we knew each other in another lifetime. 
I just felt like I knew him. It was our first date, but we spoke for hours. It was just so easy. And my friends, let me tell you why your nervous system feels this way with someone. They feel safe. And the reason a person can feel safe is because your nervous system senses them as familiar. So let's talk about familiarity. Remember, your nervous system, your mind, your subconscious mind, they they, um, specifically your brain and your subconscious mind, let's talk about those. They do things um, and make decisions based on three different things. They seek pleasure, avoid pain, and take the road of least resistance. So things that feel easy, that feel familiar, that feel like I've done this before, this person feels good to me is the road of least resistance and it feels like pleasure. So you're not, you're getting three, you're getting two out of three there, right? And it probably feels like there's no pain there. So probably you may be getting three out of three when you, when you meet someone that quote unquote feels good, but that good feeling is rooted in familiarity. Someone can feel familiar to you because they, your nervous system remembers them or if they feel like an, a past relationship or your one of your caregivers, okay? And let's say let's say you don't have one you don't have the the luxury of having secure attachment. Let's say you have disorganized attachment. And typically people who have disorganized attachment are people who had caregivers who they were both their source of fear and they were a space that they felt like they could go to like when they needed love but at the same time it was just there were they were their actual source of fear they were scared of their parents their parents gave like gave them some type of painful experience maybe they were abusive maybe they they were verbally abusive maybe they were emotionally abusive maybe they were um uh just physically abusive right and so when you're a child think about it you are left to your parents you know, whims, like you're just, you're there at their mercy and they're supposed to take care of you. So you have this innate feeling, desire to do whatever your parents want. And you're, you know, that they're the one that are going to take care of you. So you're always going to them whenever you need something, right? I'm hungry. I'm, I'm cold. I need clothes. I'm sick. And think about the fact that if your parent is actually the source of pain or fear, you're, you become really ambivalent or very like confused because you know, you need them, but they also hurt you. And so it's this like disorganization of pressing on the gas to move towards them to attach, but then pressing on the brake to revert back and putting your defense system on in your survival state to protect yourself because you feel threatened. So this looks like disorganized attachment. And so if you're older and now you're meeting someone that kind of fits that model of that feeling of oh familiarity and they feel kind of like good that's the best word that I can use like they just feel good right they feel like you feel like you know them a lot of that can stem from your early childhood having a parent that was a fearful person a source of pain and a source of um somewhat good just inconsistency and that's why this person feels good and so they can have a lot of the same traits as your parent maybe the longer you're with them they become verbally abusive maybe they are emotionally abusive maybe they're alcoholics um just like your mom was maybe they're um, manipulative like your dad was or whatever and so our nervous system can pick up on these things guys in instant our subconscious minds i believe are always talking to each other so when and they 
communicate over 40 million bits of information per second. So you can meet someone and instantly have a good vibe or a bad vibe. And so this is the detection system that's choosing your your partner. You're choosing them based on how you feel around them, right? Like, oh, you should choose them because they make you feel good. Do you love them? Love can be guided by your traumas. And so your picker is off. And so you could start choosing partners that don't feel good ultimately later, right? They have behaviors like your parent who was abusive and thus you suffer. So this is the main reason why we end up I have so many people that write to me on Instagram who send me emails and will ask me for advice. And unfortunately, I don't give advice like that over over DMs, but I get this question very, very often. You know, my my boyfriend's a narcissist. I don't know why I keep attracting narcissists. I don't understand why I'm, I keep on choosing partners who cheat on me. I don't understand why I keep on cho- choosing partners who are verbally abusive and they cut me down. This is This ends up being a trauma of yours let's say you chose one person who was a narcissist and the relationship didn't work but they cut you down so much it lasted a couple years and your nervous system got used to that particular relationship and now every time you come around someone who is who has that particular behavior or maybe could be a narcissistic behavior don't be surprised if you, you this is why people attract the same type of person because it feels familiar and and listen initially guys you know how dating is we are not showing our true true selves off the bat dating's dating is interviews with cocktails <laughs> right like you're putting your best face forward you're like saying all the right things you know you're you're I love my job, I love my life, I love my everything, my house, I love how I live, I love my body, you're very, you're coming off as like, you're selling yourself, right? And so you don't see the real side of someone until you're with someone for a while. And so we end up choosing partners based on what someone shows us initially, because that's basically all we can go off of. And we are told by society that we use our emotions and our emotions are guided very much on our attachment styles and our past traumas so this is why we will choose partners that can ultimately make us suffer and I genuinely believe again I'm going to say it again healing your your past traumas wiping them from your nervous system getting them processed out right and learning emotional regulation and secure your learning secure attachment because yes it can be taught can change your picker your picker can literally can change you will start learning that oh this type of behavior is not good and you can you could start having stronger beliefs about yourself those limiting beliefs are wiped out you have better um, thoughts and stories about the world and about people you trust yourself you're more in touch with your intuition you're having more positive emotions more often and your behaviors are very different and so you can it's not surprising um, that I've had clients unfortunately um, have left very stressful relationships um, after they've done some healing because they listen, they typically got, they started working with me uh, because they were in a relationship that was causing them a lot of pain and they wanted to understand whether they needed to leave the relationship or not. I never guide anyone in either way. That's something that someone has to make a decision about, but I've been told after um, doing work with me that they've 
made the decision either to stay or leave and the relationships that weren't very healthy I was actually happy to see and hear that they that they left that unhealthy relationship it was full with so much suffering so um please know that living with the 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 dynamic and the energy and the history of past trauma in your nervous system will literally cause you to have your picker off okay think about the times guys when you've met someone you've gone on a date and or someone introduced you to someone and said this girl is perfect for you she's so smart she's pretty she goes to church she is you know speaks very nice she dresses nice whatever let's just say a guy gets introduced to a, a, a girl a woman and the guy's like you know what she's cool but like I don't know I just didn't feel like a spark like there wasn't this connection she was nice but she was kind of boring or I just didn't really feel it like there wasn't any chemistry honey what this basically what someone is basically saying is they didn't feel familiar to me they didn't feel safe to me this isn't this is a new experience like ugh, like this is like it's kind of weird. Like I don't feel very comfortable with them. It's not because let's say they're wrong. It's just because you've never dated someone like this before. So consider that when let's say you're going on a date or you're meeting someone, let's say from a dating app or whatever. And when you initially meet them, listen, I'm not saying to ignore your intuition. I think you know when someone's like not the right person. It's like, hell no, that's they're fucking weird. Like I got to run. They're like, something's off right that's very different but when you meet someone and you're just like "Mm, they're okay like they just seem a little boring or they don't seem like fun or there wasn't a like a true connection consider the fact that you just your body your nervous system isn't familiar with this type of person and you may just need to get to get to know them a little bit more because sometimes especially when we have unhealed trauma in our nervous systems, we are choosing from that familiar familiarity place, that word is not easy to say, um, versus uh, our, our brains, our knowledge, right? If, you, if we chose people based on just on paper, like this is how they are, like they're smart, they went to college, they did this, they did that, it's very different. But we don't use that in relationships. You choose a partner based on how you feel with them. Do they make you feel safe? Do do you have fun? Is the sex good? Are they, you know, caring? Do they do you trust them? Um do you, you know, all these things. And all those are emotions. And you can have really fun, vibrant, exciting um sexual chemistry uh, um feelings with someone who isn't necessarily a good fit. Because they might be just like your ex-boyfriend and the other ex-boyfriend and the other shitty ex-boyfriend. The reason they feel good to you initially is because your nervous system says, hey, this sounds like Michael. This guy feels like Claudio, who's my (laughs) ex-husband. Or, you know, whatever. And consider that that's, that's who your picker is. When you've done healing, my friends, you will notice your level of I don't want to say like your taste or anything like that but you're just a lot more particular I think I know for me I'll speak I'll speak for myself I have been single for a while and I'm very much on purpose and I'm starting to date again and I know that when someone feels feels operative word being feels different or um 
just new, it's really, I feel very uncomfortable. I'm like, I don't want to date this. Like, this is not normal for me. I've never dated a guy that looks like this or sounds like this or has done this kind of job or, you know, has this many kids or doesn't have any kids or whatever. And it feels like uh -uh. my nervous system like wants to not even continue talking to them. But I remind myself like, listen, girl, you ain't going to find the same, you know, you're not going to find your soulmate dating the same type of guy. And I know that my nervous system is only doing that because it just is, this is new and anything new, my nervous system senses a threat and it, a threat doesn't necessarily mean danger. It just means different. It means unfamiliar. It means change. And so when dating, there is that aspect that you have to kind of like talk yourself into and just recognize and have a lot of awareness around it mindfulness and awareness is so in my opinion so so key when dating people right and let's talk about so that's the dating part right meeting someone new and why your body is choosing someone um that makes you suffer at least that's my explanation of it right and I think one of the reasons and let's talk about one of the reasons that people stay with someone who is making them suffer, who your nervous system literally you guys you know like you're fighting all the time. There's so many things about this person that you just do not like whether it's like in your brain like you know like no this person is not right for me, but you just keep on going back. Um, and staying with them or you get scared to like break up and then you go back and it's like this vicious cycle so much of that is um rounded um, i'm sorry is um caused by your there could be abandonment wounds there could be um when you're by your you break up with them and now you're by yourself and it's like oh my god no one's gonna want me all you go into shutdown I've been there before you go into complete shutdown you go into worry no one's gonna want me oh my god maybe you know what maybe she isn't too bad she's not that crazy like she's a bitch and she cusses me out sometimes but she's not that bad I'm just gonna go back to her and then homie goes back to like the crazy chick right and she's and then it's just a vicious cycle over and over a week they're fine for a week and then they go back into it um our bodies sometimes, not sometimes, we are not created to be alone, to be by ourselves. We are, when you think of us from a primitive standpoint, we are meant to stay in a group, to stay in that tribe. And when we're alone, our nervous system knows like we are more susceptible to be killed by the tigers in the Serengeti. So we got to go find our tribe. We can't be alone. So being alone automatically can put us in a very much into a survival state and we will go back into a relationship that may not be healthy. Okay. So this is why a lot of people, I see this cycle so often. I've done it before where somebody feels better than nobody, right? A body feels better than nobody because being alone feels so uncomfortable, but this is where you got to do a lot of the emotional regulation to get used to being alone, not necessarily lonely, okay? Because alone is a fact, right? I'm alone in my room right now, but loneliness is a feeling that you feel because of a thought you tell yourself, yeah? And so those are two, those are very, very different things, but just being alone can cause you to go into a survival state. You can have a neuroception of threat. Your body can put you into that shutdown or the energized fight or flight. And you could say, oh my God, how do I fix this? I don't want to die alone. Let me call a boyfriend again and get back with him, right? And then you're right back into it, vicious cycle. I see this so often, oh, so, so often. And again, this could be, this is another reason why we choose partners that make us suffer because being alone feels too, too tough. 
And this is an attachment wound. This is something that can be cured with secure attachment, learning the skill of secure attachment. You guys, it could be taught. There's so many great books. I'm going to link to a couple of these in the show notes um, because it definitely can be taught. It's, it's, a, it's a skill and it's, I think, oh my gosh, it's, I don't even know. I think emotional regulation is actually more important than secure attachment, but no, actually they're neck and neck guys. There's such, there's such important things that you, that you have to learn. There's such great skills and you can actually learn it. And this is something that I teach my clients. I work with them in my program, Trauma to Triumph. But these are the two main reasons that I see why we choose partners that make us suffer. Our past traumas create um, and uh, our subconscious mind and our picker, right? It creates who we pick and who we feel safe around. And then our attachment wounds can also create that feeling of never wanting to be alone. And so we can keep on going back to um, a person that is literally making us suffer and not making us feel very good. So my answer to healing this or to fixing this, heal your trauma, heal your trauma, heal your trauma. I am a coach who offers this for my clients. I am, if you're listening to this in the present moment, um, I'm recording this in late June, 2021, but I am booked for the next couple months and I'm not taking new clients until October. However, I will put my wait list in the show notes. Um, if you're interested in working with me in order to heal the effects of past trauma on your subconscious mind, brain, and body, and learn the amazing skills of emotional regulation, self-regulation, co-regulation, and secure attachment, which will help you get that picker choosing the right people for the right reasons, from a really, really healed nervous system, a really safe place. Your protective parts will be choosing people for all the good stuff, right? Because they're safe, because they're ventral, because they bring all kinds of great traits. And that's where we want to choose people from a very, very healthy place. And it's so important to know yourself first, right? Understand your past, understand why you are who you are and why things have happened to you. They're, they don't make you a bad person, but they do explain a lot of what, um, why you do what you do. And healing those things can just make for so much more, a better picking situation and just for healthy situation, healthy relationships and healthy um, communicating and trust and just security and feeling really confident and, and letting your partners come and go and just feeling really comfortable and being vulnerable. Um, secure attachment allows you to do all those things and it's an invaluable skill. So if you're interested in working with me, definitely click the, the, the link in the show notes for that. I hope this episode was helpful, guys. I think I feel like I went all over the map with this, but ultimately, I think we got to it. So um, it was such a pleasure talking with you guys. I can't wait to see you guys next week, and I will talk to you soon. Have a good one. 